Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Goddess Podcast. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to conversations about spiritual wellness, holistic health wisdom, personal development, and just understanding how to be a better, more self-aware human being. I'm your host, Marina Pratt, and today's topic is something that really hits close to home for me, especially this week. I was moving through the motions of it, and I feel like that's the best kind of stuff to talk about is when we're moving through things personally, because that's where the experience and the wisdom comes from. And that topic is self-sabotage. Ooh, even saying that word just hits me in my heart and in my stomach in a way that just doesn't feel good. And I'm sure even you listening, just hearing that word can make you cringe a little bit. I am so sure we have all been there. We might even be there right now with this feeling like we're caught in a trap of doing things or or somehow pulling ourselves out of an unconscious state where we were doing something to sabotage our own progress. And self-sabotage is a word and a concept that I think has become really popular over the last few years, especially if you're really into personal development. I know there's been a lot of talk about it on various platforms with various people. So it's something that has been coming up more frequently because I think now there is this mass realization that one of the reasons as to why we aren't accomplishing as many goals as we think we should be or we're not progressing the way we want to be is because it may not even be as many outside circumstances as we think. In fact, it probably is our own self that's getting in our own way. And that's essentially what self-sabotage is. It's just getting in the way of your own success. If the concept of self-sabotage is new for you, essentially the short definition of it is it just refers to behaviors and thought patterns that hold you back, that prevent you from doing the things you want to do. Some examples of self-sabotage are procrastination, which I'm sure we all can relate to. It can also be substance abuse, whether that's smoking or drinking, drugs, anything that you feel like you need to rely on to either make you feel better, make you forget, or just distract you from what you really should be paying attention to. Stress eating is also another big one. And actually, I just learned this, but intimacy and commitment issues can actually be a huge self-sabotaging factor. I mean, I'm currently thinking of self-sabotage in the realm of business and career opportunities, but self-sabotage does happen in relationships a lot too. So maybe let's break it down into their own categories. So let's talk about self-sabotage in our career pursuits. I think that no matter if you're an entrepreneur or wanting to achieve a promotion in your job or just in general wanting to improve and just be better in your skill, in your preferred occupation, then it can actually feel very overwhelming when we take a look at the things that we we need to do in order to achieve it or to get there. And I feel like the pendulum can swing in both ways when it comes to why we begin to get so overwhelmed that we start to self-sabotage. And I think the two main factors is the fear of failure and the fear of success. A lot of people like to entertain more the fear of failure because that's what we all think that might be why we're self-sabotaging. But I want you to also consider that maybe there's also a fear of success. A fear of failure feels quite easy to relate to because maybe it is more common. 
And I think in a lot of ways, the fear of failure actually motivates a lot more people more than it can self-sabotage. But I think when it comes to self-sabotaging, the fear of failure and the fear of success can feel quite paralyzing, which then is what triggers procrastination or the substance abuse or the stress eating or some kind of action or thought pattern that begins to spiral us downwards and away from our goals. Procrastination is such a big one and so relatable for me. I really have to work on catching myself in my procrastination because I know I can get sucked into it so easily. I know I procrastinate because I get overwhelmed when I have to look at my responsibilities full on. So my procrastination usually looks like scrolling on Instagram or just being on social media in general. And something I realized this week is that I will distract myself by actually listening to personal development audios. I'll tell myself that it's being productive because I'm getting inspired, but how much inspiration do I really need before I finally take action? So that's something that I really consciously have to work with and make sure that I don't spiral into a procrastination state because then next thing I know, four hours go by and I actually haven't done anything. We don't want to confuse activity with accomplishment. And that's a really big one. We may think that things are getting done because we're constantly busy or we're doing something, but actually ask yourself what is really being accomplished? There can be this glamorization of the hustle culture and to constantly be working around the clock, but what is actually getting done? What is actually being accomplished and completed with significance? I used to be so caught up in the hustle culture where I would force myself, even when I wasn't really feeling it, to just be at my computer or to be thinking of new ideas, new concepts, taking action, learning something new, getting more crafted, skilled. Just I was in this constant mode and I got major burnout from it. That's why it led me down the complete opposite direction with all that procrastination that I've been working through recently because I was just so burnt out from the constant work I was doing. And then what's funny about that is I look back and I think, well, what really got accomplished? I mean, yeah, some things manifested from all that work, but at the same time, I feel like not enough was actually accomplished. You know what I mean? So I think that's something that we have to ask ourselves too. When we're actually doing things and we think that we're being productive and yet we're still not seeing results, we have to reflect. We have to look back and see, okay, was that just an activity or was that something that was leading to more accomplishment? You really have to find how to discern between the two and I think that's quite personal. You know which activities are going to bring you to the accomplished results. And you'll also know which activities aren't. And I think it's a proof in the pudding kind of thing. Which activities are actually showing the proof that when you do them, you begin to accomplish something? And which activities that you feel like you just keep repeating but nothing's happening from them? It's like you're hitting your head against a brick wall, like what's gonna be accomplished from that? And it's very personal because everyone's goals are different. Everyone has different aspirations. So I encourage you to reflect on that and see which activities that you do in your day-to-day that are truly bringing you to more progress and which activities are taking you farther away from them. So going back to the fear of failure. The fear of failure can drive a lot of people, but it can paralyze a lot of people as well. So like I said, for me, it was procrastination. And I know that I actually don't think I have a fear of failure because I'm almost quite used to failing. And failure can be very comfortable for a lot of us. And right now you may be thinking, 
no, I don't like to fail. Failure is the last thing that I want. But if you're not letting that fear of failure actually drive you to keep going after things, then really, again, these are just questions you have to keep asking yourself and become more self-aware. Are you really afraid of failure or is it success that you're mostly afraid of? I believe that failure is more comfortable than success because success requires more responsibility from us. It requires us to show up more, to be more accountable, to live with more integrity. That's a lot of responsibility. Not everyone wants to do that and not everyone wants to live up to that every single day. And it's why a lot of people can't be entrepreneurs. It's why I actually needed to take a break from entrepreneurship and solo business ventures because I just couldn't keep up with all the responsibility that was expected of me. I was so young when I got into this world that I was still figuring out what I really wanted, who I wanted to be, how I wanted to be in this world. And so the last couple years for me have been this kind of process where I almost retreated and I just decided to take on work for other people and see how that would work for me and made me feel and I realized I hate it. (laughs) I am so much happier working for myself and when I decided to go back into the entrepreneurship world, I really had to do some self-development work all over again. I had to work through my comfort with failure and my fear of success. It's not that I don't want success, I do want success, but I also recognize that with great success comes great responsibility. I think what can also feel uncomfortable with taking more action and accomplishing more is it begins to separate us. It can separate us from other people in our lives that aren't on the same path. And if you're attached to certain people, certain friendships, certain relationships, then that can feel really difficult to accept that maybe certain relationships have to be sacrificed in order for you to achieve something more. I just launched a new series called Wellness Shot Wednesday, which is attached to this podcast channel, so you may have already received a notification for it. But the first episode was all about how to stop shrinking yourself to fit into other people's expectations of you. And something I said in that episode was when we start to expand and grow our energy expands and sometimes the people that we love and care about and was a big part of this one chapter in our life may not be going into the next chapter. But that's not to say that they won't come back. So sometimes we have to release who and what we're holding on to in order to allow this expansion to happen. And yes, it's going to feel scary. Yes, it's going to feel uncomfortable. But when you move through the discomfort of it, you'll realize that it's not all that bad. How many times have you procrastinated on something and then when you finally decide to go and do it and you look it in the face, you suddenly realize it wasn't that bad, it didn't take as long to do, and it probably wasn't even that hard. It might have been a little difficult to get into the focus of it, but once you did, you did it and it was done and you felt so much better. You probably felt lighter and that's exactly what can happen when you continue to do that consistently consistently taking action on the major and the minor things creates this momentum and creates this beautiful flow of energy that makes you feel light, makes you feel free, and I think even makes you feel happier. When I didn't have internet for 10 days when I first moved into my flat, and I talked about this in the last episode, but I was getting so much done and it felt so good to just keep 
actually accomplishing things. I wasn't procrastinating on the home renovations that I wanted to get done. I wasn't procrastinating at looking at my bills. I wasn't procrastinating at paying my bills. You know, there was a lot of adulting things that I had to do that I just wasn't ignoring because honestly, I didn't have a choice. I know that my biggest trigger is Wi-Fi. (laughs) When there's Wi-Fi, I just want to be on the internet. I want to be on Instagram. I want to be on YouTube. I just want to consume and it hits a lot. I can tell I really enjoy that mental stimulation where I don't have to like think about anything I just kind of I just consume entertainment so it takes a lot of self-discipline for me to shut off Instagram like I'll even have to delete the app from my phone just so I don't go down a scrolling rabbit hole another very common trigger is stress eating it is also a form of procrastination because we'll begin to think oh I'm so hungry I can't work right now because I need to make a massive lunch even though you just had a big breakfast or a big snack. I like to practice intermittent fasting and I'll actually do seasonal one or two day fasts and this just really helps to clean out the system, gives the body a bit of a reset and what I notice on my fasting days is yes I'm a bit hungry in the beginning but once it passes we really don't need as much food as we think we do or as much as we've been told to and I'm sorry if that's triggering to any I've totally been there with eating disorders and just having a disordered relationship with food but fasting for me has actually harnessed a new relationship with food for me and that's something for another episode but I just wanted to put that out there that if this is triggering for anybody then work with that with yourself with what you will but this is what I believe and how I feel about that situation and the thing with food it's a comfort thing When we're feeling uneasy or overwhelmed, unsure about a decision, or again procrastinating on something that we know we should be doing, our stomach can grumble. We begin to have certain cravings. And I think that's a really good self-awareness practice. I think if we're craving actually healthy food, it means that our body is hungry and we need to eat. Because food is fuel. Food is fuel for your brain, it's fuel for your body, And if you want to get things done, if you want to succeed, you need to eat. So I'm not saying don't eat. You have to be aware of what you're eating. I remember seeing an article somewhere a while ago that was saying if you're craving like crunchy, salty foods, it does mean that you're wanting more comfort in your life and more love. If you're craving chocolate or something sweet, then you're feeling like something's missing from your life or from your love life. Basically, the cravings all have a related void that they're trying to fill so again being more self-aware with that and catching yourself when you're starting to crave things or you're starting to maybe overeat a little more step away from the kitchen check in with yourself and ask yourself what am i avoiding and our relationships with our bodies are really incredible because when we ask we will always receive and whatever it is that you instantly get into your mind that idea that thought that activity that you have to do, that you've been putting off, whatever it is, just allow it to come up and go do it. Especially if you're able to right in that moment, go do it right away. Don't doubt, don't question, don't worry. Just do and then go from there. Another key reason why we self-sabotage is a lack of self-esteem. A lack of self-confidence can really destroy a person's life. And again, I speak from experience I feel like I've lived most of my life growing up very low in my self-confidence. 
even when people would applaud my talents or my skills, you know, I was always questioning, always doubting, always wanting to be better. And those feelings of worthlessness can sometimes feel so debilitating and so paralyzing sometimes. You just feel like giving up. I think there's a general belief system that most of us have been brought up to feel that we're not deserving of greater success than perhaps what our peers are experiencing or what our family is experiencing. And I feel like self-worthiness and self-confidence can be hereditary. So if you actually grew up with very confident parents, then maybe you're a very confident person and believe that you can achieve the things that you dream of. I grew up with a family that didn't have the greatest confidence. They mostly believed in, well, you just work hard and that's what you do and you make the money that you make. You have a salary and that's it. They didn't think any more or any less of it. But I always had this drive for more and I always felt like I knew I could accomplish so much more than what my parents were experiencing. And that's not to say I feel like I'm any better than them, but I just felt that there was more that I could be doing with my life. It was working on my self-confidence that gave me the courage to pursue the things that I have. Some of you know this, but for any new listeners who don't know me personally, I spent about 10 years in the entertainment industry as an actor and talk about questioning your self-worth. I mean, constant auditions, constant rejection. It's just a nature of the game. And as many yeses as I would get, there were so many no's that were behind that. And I still go through it. I do a lot of voice acting right now and I'll still do voice tests and auditions and there's so many that I don't get. And the ones I do get are great and the clients love my work and they're very complimentary. But for some reason, it's always the ones that I don't get is where I begin to question my own talent and skill. And I think that we all can relate to that in our own fields. There's so many things that we have accomplished in our lives. And I want you to really acknowledge yourself for all the cool shit that you've probably done in your lifetime so far. But all we can focus on is what we didn't get, what we didn't achieve, what we failed to accomplish. And when we keep focusing on those, oh my God, that's when the confidence just keeps plummeting. So to really raise your confidence, establish a firm feeling of worthiness, you have to look at what you have done in your lifetime. What are all the good things that you've accomplished? Because I'm sure there's many. And they don't necessarily have to be in career. It could just be something that happened in your life. You got over a relationship. You got yourself out of a toxic situation. Maybe you won an award or won a medal of some kind. If you're into sports, I don't know much about sports, but maybe there's something in sports that you've accomplished. You know, there's always something that we have done that made us feel really good and confident because we did it. And we did it well. And when we focus on those memories and those emotions, it boosts our confidence again because it's also boosting our energy. It's reminding us of our potential and what we're actually capable of. And isn't it amazing to think that if you can do that, imagine what else you can do. Yes, there will be failures. But think about how many more successes there can be in your life. Failures will happen. But having the right attitude towards those failures will bring you 
to more success in the future. So it really is all about shifting your mindset with how you're seeing your situations. Again, we focus too much on what we failed at, what we didn't accomplish or do. And that just creates negative momentum. It's a black ball of energy that just starts looming over us. And I think starts haunting us and taunting us. It's not nice. It doesn't feel good. And some people like to fester in that. And I really, I really hate that. And maybe I hate it so much because I used to be that person. I used to just believe that this negative ball of energy that was constantly surrounding me, this black cloud that would follow me was just who I was. But it wasn't until I changed my mindset and I said, no, that's not who I am anymore. I'm going to focus only on my wins, no matter how big or small. And I know that that will keep showing me my infinite potential. I always focus on my wins now. And I like to do daily win reflections. I journal every day and I highly recommend everyone journals because getting your emotions and your thoughts out on paper is such a beautiful release. So usually at the end of the day, I'll write down or I'll even talk to myself. I love to talk to myself. And I'll say, Marina, here's where you won today. And whether that was me getting up a little earlier to go for a walk or getting something done that I've been putting off, or having a difficult conversation that I didn't want to have, you know, those things that might feel so minuscule, but are actually huge wins because they took a weight off my shoulders, they shifted an energy within me that kept making me feel better. It creates a positive momentum, and it just creates more beautiful things to happen, which then creates more confidence. So that's your weekly podcast homework. Tonight, I want you to write down in a journal, and if you don't have a journal, just get out a piece of paper and write down all your wins for the day. Maybe you drink more water. That's always a win. We're all so dehydrated. Maybe you allowed yourself to take a bit of a break from your grinding, and you took a walk in the middle of the afternoon and enjoyed some sunshine. You know, that's a huge win, especially these days where we're still cooped up inside working from home. It can feel so liberating to just go outside for a few minutes in the afternoon and soak up some sunshine. Maybe you got some good news, but even if you didn't get good news, how did you respond to that in a way that made you feel more empowered? That's also a win. When you're stronger in your mindset, you are always winning. So those are just some things to think about. So how do we catch ourselves when we're self-sabotaging? And how can we figure out what our triggers are? Honestly, I really feel that comes with trial and error. If you're still in the beginning stages of your personal development journey and you're not quite sure how to be more self-aware, maybe working with someone can really help you with that. A personal development coach or even a therapist. Someone who can get you to reflect back on yourself in your own patterns, which will then help you see and connect the dots. So it really is just practice. It's taken me about six years to really get into the mastery of catching my triggers and taking myself out of any habits that may trigger a spiraling response. But I do also believe that we are our own best teacher. So you just have to ask yourself, where did I fall from grace? Where did I fall unconscious? And sometimes it sucks, but it's usually perhaps after the fact when we're out of the self-sabotaging spiral and we suddenly realize, oh, I just ate a whole box of cookies when I should have been studying or paying my bills, you know, like, (laughs) or you check the time and it's been two hours that you've been on Instagram when you only said that you check it for 10 minutes. I think having 
compassion with yourself. Acknowledging what happened is important, but then also having compassion for yourself. You don't want to punish yourself because if you begin to negatively talk to yourself, you begin to punish yourself and then that just leads to more spiraling downwards. So you just want to have compassion for yourself. Practice that self-love. You just have to see where you can go from there. Just pick up your big girl or big boy pants and say, okay, those two hours are gone. There's nothing I can do about it now, but what can I do right now to keep moving forward? Okay, I'm going to go pay those bills. I'm going to go make my bed. I'm going to do that chore. I'm going to go have that conversation that I really don't want to have, but I know once I do, I'll feel better. It's things like that that can really bring us forward in the right direction. Now, I'm really not a relationship expert. However, I'm sure some of you are thinking about how we might self-sabotage in relationships. And to that I say, it's also a self-awareness game. You have to be hyper self-aware of what might be triggering you to self-sabotage and what your self-sabotage looks like. Self-sabotage in relationships can look like extreme paranoia, trying to always find something wrong in the other person. And that's usually a trauma response. If we have a history of not so great relationships and we think that we're ready for a new one, but if we haven't addressed our trauma from the old relationships, whether that was from gaslighting or being cheated on or even physical and emotional abuse, if we haven't addressed those issues and how those are sitting with us in our present body, then we will try and find those issues in someone else who may not even have those traits. But the self-sabotaging comes from an inner feeling of just wanting to protect yourself, of wanting to be in control. Criticizing your partner or potential partner is also a huge self-sabotaging trait because again, you're just looking for things that might be wrong with them that aren't actually even there. But because of the trauma that we've experienced from our past relationships, we're projecting it onto this new person. And that can be very sabotaging. And then on the other side of the spectrum, self-sabotage can look like putting your entire focus and energy onto the relationship. And that's just overwhelming for the poor soul that has to endure all that. Because at the end of the day, we're all individuals and we need to focus on our own individual reality. And when we come together with another person, then that's just enjoying the experience together. You don't need another person to make you feel whole or complete. That other person is there to experience the journey with you. And if we're putting all of our time, focus, and energy into just the relationship and we're not putting in enough time to just focus on our own selves, that can create a lot of stagnancy and separation that neither party probably want. But then it naturally happens because the energy feels so overwhelming, it becomes repelling. Does that make sense? I think to stop sabotaging your relationships or your potential for relationships is to first, again, address any trauma that you may have from past relationships. Again, you can do this with therapy, with some kind of coaching maybe. But if you fully address the triggers, that can be so empowering to how you look at relationships in the future. Having really honest and real discussions with your partner will also open up a lot of space. Being vulnerable with them, again, can feel very scary, but very freeing. You get to understand each other as an item and as individuals so much more. And you'll realize, especially if you're an overreactor or you're projecting certain things onto your partner, that those things probably weren't real. And maybe you were taking some stuff from old relationships into the now. 
But, you know, it's all situational. I want you to really pay attention to your intuition and just know that if something really doesn't sit right with your partner, then that's something else. But with self-sabotage, you really want to see where you are just being paranoid and where you may also just be blocking yourself off to love. And that's another big factor. Our hearts can be so closed off that we just want to protect ourselves. And to protect ourselves, we self-sabotage. We think we're ready for a new relationship or we think that we're ready for the next stage in a relationship. But if our hearts aren't open, then things will trigger us. Paranoia will kick in. We may give the silent treatment. We may just, we may completely shut ourselves off. And that can cause a whole string of issues that don't even need to happen. So again, I'm really not the biggest expert on this. But these are things that I've come to learn to be more aware of and see how any of those have been factors in my life. So that's it for this week's episode. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation on self-sabotage, how to overcome your own limiting beliefs, find your self-confidence, and recognize your triggers so that you can become successful and know your worth in your success. Just know that I am always rooting for you. I have full belief in your talent, in your potential, in your possibilities to create amazing things on this planet. I'm sending you lots of love. Send me a DM on Instagram. Our handle is at the modern underscore goddess. And let me know what some of your wins were this week. Would love to hear from you. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe on your preferred listening platform if you haven't already. And if you're listening on Apple or iTunes, feel free to give this a rating. Always happy to hear from you. Always happy to receive feedback. And I will catch you guys next week with another episode. Sending you love.